Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, we're going to get you ready for some Monday night football. The Raiders and the Lions from the Motor City. All that and more coming up on Monday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, October 30th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Just win. Welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. Of course, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, thank you. Definitely appreciate you. The growth of the show has been incredible, and that's because of you and because of my man Ari. He does a great job each and every day making sure we're up on YouTube. We definitely appreciate him and his efforts each and every day. You want to hit him up on Twitter, you can, at Ari Produces. You can always hit me up as well. At your boy Q254. And we got the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. On this Monday, we'll get to those calls and texts ahead of Monday Night Football. That will come up in segment number three of today's show. Got a lot of feedback that I want to get to as much as possible from you. So we'll do that in segment number three. Segment number two, keys to victory. I'll tell you off top, I picked the Raiders to lose this game. If you listen to the crossover edition on Thursday, you heard me say I don't see the Raiders winning this one just based off the way that the season has gone. But... If the Raiders are going to win, I've got the I've got the blueprint. I know what they have to do to ensure a victory on Monday Night Football. We'll do that in segment number two of the show. Here in segment number one, we'll do news and notes of the day, whatever collected over the weekend, as I always do. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. And off top, want to go over the injury report from Saturday, the final injury report leading into today's Monday Night Football action. Of course, we'll find out who's in, who's out uh, 90 minutes before kickoff. But on Saturday, the final injury report came out, and it's as this. Uh, Devontae Adams was on it with the shoulder injury, but he was a full participant in practice all week long, so he's good to go. Ja'Korian Bennett, shoulder and knee injury, limited on Thursday, limited on Friday, full participant on Saturday, so sounds like he's good to go tonight. Linebacker Curtis Bolton, knee injury, limited on Thursday, limited on Friday, limited on Saturday. He's questionable for the game today. Daniel Carlson, this is the big one. Kicker, cash money, Carlson, right groin injury, did not participate on Thursday or Friday, was limited on Saturday, and he's questionable for action coming up on, uh, on on the game later on this evening. Max Crosby, knee injury, limited, limited, limited. He's going to be good to go. Linebacker Divine Diablo, he is out. He uh, had the ankle injury that he suffered on Sunday versus the, the Chicago Bears. Didn't participate on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. I saw him walking around the locker room on Saturday, and he looked okay, but he is officially out. So there'll be a lot of Luke Masterson and a lot of Robert Spillane. No Divine Diablo later on this evening. Jimmy G, good to go. The back injury limited on Thursday. Full participate Friday, Saturday. He'll get to start tonight. So there's no doubt there. Cornerback Nate Hobbs. He's been out with the ankle injury, limited on Thursday, limited on Friday, limited on Saturday, questionable for tonight's action. Cornerback Marcus Peters, back injury, didn't participate Thursday, fully or limited on Thursday, on Friday, excuse me, and limited on Saturday, uh, no status for him. And then Tyler Hall with a foot injury, wasn't listed on Thursday, full participant on Friday and Saturday. So uh, outside of Devon Diablo, it sounds like there may be a question on Daniel Carlson, which is a big one. And... Nate Hobbs and Marcus Peters will probably be the other two. I mean, it looks like Marcus Peters should be good to go, but when he was limited on, thir- on Friday and Saturday, even though they didn't give him a game status, uh, it kind of makes you feel like maybe there's, there could be some question if he's going to play or not. For the Lions, 
Uh, they ruled out uh, their guard, Jonah Jackson. He is out with an ankle injury. They also ruled out David Montgomery, who's dealing with a ribs injury, kind of the two that we thought were going to be out. So they are definitely out. Uh, Benito Jones, their defensive tackle, ankle injury. He's questionable. Center Frank Ragnow, toe-calf injury. Uh, he's doubtful for the game. That could be a big deal. Uh, they'll have to have their uh, backup center. He's a, he's, that's Frank Ragnow is a really good piece to that offensive line. Linebacker Malcolm Rodriguez, ankle injury, didn't participate on Thursday, limited on Friday and Saturday. He's questionable for the game. Uh, their guard, H. Valital, uh, back injury, limited on Thursday and Friday and Saturday. He's questionable for the game. And then uh, defensive line, Josh Paschal, uh, knee injury, not listed on Thursday or Friday, didn't participate on Saturday. He's questionable for tonight. So that's also a big one. And then a last second one, actually one that was added to the injury report on Sunday. Uh, this comes down from Eric Woodyard from uh, ESPN, who's actually going to be on my radio show a little bit later on this afternoon, kind of giving us a last second preview of this game. Uh, Lions wide receiver Amon Ross St. Brown uh, has an illness and has been added to the game status report and is listed as questionable for Monday's game. I'm sure he's going to go, but uh, interesting little note from Woodyard right there uh, that came down on Sunday. So clearly he came down with some kind of illness. So that's definitely something to pay attention to. But as I mentioned, 90 minutes before kickoff, we'll find out who's active and who's inactive. Also, uh, on Saturday, I saw this note from Tom Pelissero from the NFL Network said that the Raiders and Josh McDaniels had a team meeting to discuss everything and anything that had to do with the season, what was going on, and basically no punches, uh, no 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 punches held back, right? I mean, everything was a go. You could talk about anything that you wanted to, and uh, apparently that happened. And it sounded like it went really go- good. Here's Tom Pelissero from the NFL Network breaking down this meeting that they had on Thursday. Thank you very much, Rich. Let's start in Las Vegas, where the Raiders are entering a critical stretch of their season. Coach. Josh McDaniels, I'm told, opened the floor in a team meeting on Thursday to players, allowing them to voice all the frustrations that at times have bubbled over publicly during the team's three and four start. Guys like Max Crosby, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs all spoke up, but so did players from every area of the roster. And nothing from personnel to scheme to culture to coaching was off limits. I'm told that the meeting was considered by players to be very positive. It was cathartic. They got a lot of things off their chest, a chance to bond a little bit and kind of emotionally reset before a big game Monday night against the Lions, Mike. So I like the fact that they had that meeting. Now, you can only have those meetings like once, maybe twice throughout the course of a season, right? It's funny, in the NBA, the Bulls had a team-only meeting after game one, right? They had one game in the season, they had a team-only meeting. You can only do that so many times. But I'm glad to see that Coach McDaniels and the Raiders as a team had that meeting. I think that that's good, you know, be able to throw whatever you want out there. You know, hey, I don't like the way this is going. I don't like the way I'm being used. I don't like the way that the offense is going. You know, I think that we need to change the philosophy. Like, anything is on the table in those kind of meetings. So I think that that is, that's a positive step. And again, you heard from Tom Pelissero, sounds like it went really well. Uh, You know, anybody from any kind of position group, offensive line, special teams, defense, whatever the case may be, had an opportunity to speak. So we'll see what it looks like uh, later on this evening for Monday Night Football. And the guy who's returning to Michigan, How about Mad Max Crosby? Played his uh, college football at Eastern Michigan, so he's returning home. When we got a chance to catch up with him in the the locker room on Saturday, didn't really have a lot of chance to catch up with very many players. They got out of there pretty quickly. I mean, they're ready to get home and and relax, and that's just kind of how it is on Saturday. It's very scatter shooting, very hit or miss, but we did catch up to Max Crosby and really just asked him about, you know, being able to go to Detroit, which is right up the street uh, from where he played college at Eastern Michigan. Here's Crosby in the Raiders locker room. Uh, It's going to be incredible. I'm super excited. I'm obviously going to have a lot of family, um, friends in attendance. So, 
Yeah, it's my first time playing back in Michigan. I'm definitely, definitely looking forward to it. The, a matchup, I mean, you don't play against Aiden, but I mean, obviously there's a lot of talk about him, a lot of talk about you. Like, are those the kind of things that get you juiced up? Uh, no, you know, I, just, I focus on, you know, myself and what I can do to be the best version of myself. You know, I'm not here to compare, nothing like that. Um, I'm out there to, you know, be the best, you know, regardless. So we don't play against each other. So, no, it's not on my mind. Lions are a, t- a team you kind of follow as well. I mean, being up there, being around them, not too far. They weren't too good uh, back at the time. Did you watch them closely? Yeah, I grew up, I was a diehard Lions fan. So, um, you know, I definitely wanted, you know, in the draft process, I wanted to, you know, stay close to home, but it is what it is. Who did you watch from those guys, from those teams? Like, who was your guy? My, my favorite player was Megatron, Dominican Sue, Ziggy Ansah, Jason Jones, Eastern Michigan guy as well, Matthew Stafford, I was a huge Stafford fan, Joyke Bell, Reggie Bush, DeAndre Levy, Steven Solik. They had a, you know, those teams back then, I feel like they were way too damn talented to lose that many games. But they had some good years, you know, they had like a couple 10 win, 11 win seasons. Uh, I feel like they never should have fired Jim Caldwell, but that's just my opinion. But yeah. <laughs> It's going to be cool to have a lot of your uh, guys from Eastern Michigan also at the game, too. Of course, of course. You know, I get to see uh, my coach and AD from uh, from uh, Eastern um, on Sunday when we get there. We got a big announcement coming, so uh, really excited for that. So, yeah, you know, I'm expecting a lot of lot of my people to be in attendance. So there is Max Crosby right there. Just a quick hitter with him. He didn't sound like he was uh, feeling the greatest. I don't want to say that he was sick, but it just, you can kind of hear it in his voice that he wasn't as upbeat as normal. I know that he had came out of a, a meeting uh, right before we had an opportunity. Matter of fact, he was the, the one guy that we were holding out just to get an opportunity to talk to because he hadn't talked to the media all week long, so we wanted to get a chance to catch up with him. Uh, only got, you know, a couple minutes and just kind of let him go, really based off of him going back to Michigan. And, you know, we know Max Crosby's going to bring it, right? And he's going to be fired up, pumped up. He's going to have a lot of family and friends in attendance, so that should be a lot of fun for him. So that's the news and notes collected over the weekend heading into tonight's game. Coming up in segment number two, keys to victory. We'll look at the defense. We'll look at the offense. We'll look overall what the Raiders need to do to upset the Detroit Lions on Monday Night Football later on this evening. Before we get to that, though, do want to tell you about our partners at eBay Motors and the fact that they've teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. It doesn't matter if you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire. Every single week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's go ahead and check to see who Vinny has picked. Let's see. He's looking at wide receiver Garrett Wilson, CJ Stroud, Devontae Smith. Uh, let's see what he has to say about Eagles wide receiver Devontae Smith. He said uh, Eagles wide receiver Devontae Smith has cooled off a little bit after a hot start to the season, but he can re- get revved up again for a rematch against the commander's pass defense in week eight. He caught seven in nine targets for 78 yards and a solid performance against him in week four. But with A.J. Brown blowing up of late, expect Washington to try to contain him with coverage and leave some more favorable downfield opportunities available for Smith. Smith is capable of exploding in any game, and the Eagles should want to get him more involved to restore the complete danger of their passing game with Jalen Hurts. I want to say, matter of fact, I, I'm, I'm right, matter of fact, uh, Vinny, the uh, the Eagles played the <laughs> played the Commanders on Sunday. Oh man! All right, Vinny. Well, you have to give us update anyway. Devontae Smith is a really good player for the Eagles. How about that? I'll give you the the advice. Devontae Smith is a really good wide receiver. You might want to pick him up. I'm no fantasy expert. I'm just gonna go ahead and throw it out there. But Vinny Iyer is a, a fantasy uh, expert. Locked on fantasy football is gonna help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your car needs, eBay Motors 
Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, you're not burning cash. Keep your ride or die looking really good and running great at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to get into keys to victory. I do this each and every show right before a game, whether it's a Friday before a Sunday, if it's a Sunday before a Monday, well, Monday, obviously, before a Monday, uh, you know, it's a Wednesday before a Thursday, whatever the case may be, that's what we're going to do. So let's go ahead and jump into keys of victory, offense, defense, and just overall what the team needs to do to get a win. And we'll start with the defense because the defense was the most disappointing for me last week against the Chicago Bears. First and foremost, they need to stop the run. There's no David Montgomery, but they still have Jameer Gibbs, the rookie, and Craig Reynolds. Both, both those guys could run. Um, they want to run the ball. Detroit does. They want to stay as balanced as possible. They want to be a physical team. They're averaging over 100 yards on the ground per game. They want to do that, right? They're, in, they're made in the image of their head coach, Dan Campbell, who's a very physical dude. So, of course, they want to have that physicality. They want to get behind that big offensive line, that strong physical offensive line, and run downhill. They want to make life a little bit easier on Jared Goff. Uh, you know, they want to have that very blue-collared approach. So they've got to be able to stop the run, make the, the Lions as one-dimensional as possible. Again, no David Montgomery, but Jameer Gibbs and Craig Reynolds, they can get it done. Also, the Raiders' defensive line, they're going to have their work cut out against uh, that offensive line that I was talking about. Uh, they've got two of the best tackles in the league in Panay Sewell and Taylor Decker. Those are two guys that can get it done. So I know Max is going to bring every effort that he can. I mean, his name is Max with two X's for a reason. That's just how he goes, right? He's going to bring it. But someone else on that Raiders defensive line is going to have to bring it. And you know there's going to be a game where, you know, it's going to be Patrick Graham is going to have to dial up some, some I don't want to say exotic blitzes, but have to get a little creative. Let's put it like that to try to get to Jared Goff. Because, again, those bookend tackles, man, are really good. I want to give a lot of respect to Panay Sewell and Taylor Decker, who find ways to get it done. Now, I know Panay Sewell's coming off a bad game against Baltimore. Sometimes those are going to happen. I expect him to fully bounce back. So they're going to have their work cut out for him for sure. But uh, someone along that defensive line has got to get there besides Max Crosby, right? And I know that Tyree Wilson got his first sack. He was credited with his first sack last week against Chicago, kind of on a wonky play to end the, the first half. But whatever. He's ramping up a little bit. He's looking a little bit more confident. He sounded a little bit more confident. He's got to continue to go. At some point, he's going to have to go you know, full steam ahead, especially if the Raiders don't make a move by the trade deadline. And who knows if they're going to or not, right? Probably most likely they won't. But if they don't get some help in there on that defensive line, uh, he's going to have to really step up. You know, Malcolm Koontz is going to have to continue to try to get home and, and, and bring the pressure that he's bringing. But really, it's been the Max Crosby show, and that's it. So uh, somebody else is going to have to help out because those bookends, Panay Sewell, Taylor Decker, they ain't no joke. And also, and I think this should be a no-brainer, but since it was so bad last week, it's got to be talked about. They got to wrap up. They've got to eliminate the missed tackles. I'm all for going for the ball. I'm all for the peanut punch out, the Charles Woodson punch. I get it. I'm all for that, which is what every every defender tries to do. They try to punch it out. They try to reach in and snap it, you know, yank it out. I get that. I'm all for turnovers. You know, I talk about turnovers all the time. I'm with that. But they can't have as many missed tackles as they had on Sunday against the Bears. They were credited with pro football focus for 13 missed tackles, and four of them were, were by Marcus Peters alone. They've got to be better than that. That just can't happen. That's why that's something that I've talked about and asked Coach McDaniels, asked Coach Graham about uh, throughout the course of the week during the the media sessions. It's like, I mean, come on, something's got to give. The first and foremost job is to get 
get to the ball carrier and get him to the ground. I'm all for, like I said, going for the turnover. One guy's got to be there to wrap up, uh, get him to the ground or whatever, and, and wait for the Calvary to get there, and, and maybe they can start taking swipes at the ball. That's fine. But they just can't have that many missed tackles that they did. If they have that many missed tackles against the Lions, it's going to be a long day at the office. It really will. And we'll be talking tomorrow about another embarrassing loss, not because it's a bad team in the Lions, but just because that's a bad performance by the Raiders' defense. So they've got to wrap up, got to eliminate those missed tackles, 13 of them they got credited with from Pro Football Focus, four by Marcus Peters. Offensively, Jimmy G is back. We know that. So the offensive line's got their work cut out for them. They've got to protect them, right? And Aiden Hutchinson, the defensive lineman for the Lions, is a problem. Now, he only has four and a half sacks on the season, but he will get pressure on the quarterback. And he uh, traditionally lines up where? Where Thayer Munford or Jermaine Illuminor are on that right side. So that could be a problem. Right, because those guys, you just don't know who's going to be in there. I feel like there's going to be more Thayer Mumford than Jermaine Illuminor, but whatever way you look at it, right? I mean, Lincoln Kennedy tells me all the time, Thayer Mumford is a much better power-blocking scheme offensive lineman, and Jermaine Illuminor is a better zone-blocking scheme. So uh, sometimes if those two get in there at the same time, it could really create some uh, confusion along that offensive line. Aiden Hutchinson is not a guy that you want to get confused uh, with, right? I mean, we know Jimmy G is not going to run around the yard, but we also know that well, at least I believe that the best chance for the Raiders to win is with Jimmy G under center. So they're going to have to keep him protected. They're going to have to keep him upright. They just can't let him get hit. If he continues to get hit, he's going to be out, right? And even, even when he does get protected pretty well, there's still a good chance for him to get, you know, get injured because that's just kind of who he is. They've got to do the best job they can. Also, when it comes to the offensive line, they've got to help that run game get going. The Raiders have to continue to r- try to run the ball. I know it hasn't been successful. And I know the Lions are real stingy when it comes to the run defense. They're only allowing 76 yards per game on the ground. I get that. But the Raiders have to try to run. They have to try to get a run game established. It doesn't have to be 100-something yards. I'm not saying that. But they have to be able to try to stay as balanced as possible. Jimmy's not cut out. Aiden Hutchinson is not cut out. Or Aiden Aiden O'Connell, excuse me, is not cut out. Uh, Brian Hoyer is not cut out to drop back and throw the ball 45 times. They're just not. Right, I mean, that's not who they are. This Raiders team, with the players that they have, has to try to be as balanced as possible. I know the run game hasn't been working. I get that. Something's got to give. They've got to try to keep that thing going. So Josh Jacobs has got to get going. Uh, We never got a chance to talk to him throughout the course of the week. I only got in the Raiders locker room on Saturday and uh, didn't see him. Didn't see him at all. Uh, When I was leaving, though, I saw him in the lunchroom. So at that point, that's obviously too late. You can't, can't talk to a guy in the lunchroom, but... Yeah, didn't get a chance to catch up with him, so don't really know where his mindset is at. I know he wants more than anything for his, uh, you know, his performance to be a lot better, but he's going to need help from the guys up front, that offensive line. And then finally for the offense, you got to stay ahead of the chains, right? In the red zone. That's something that Coach McDaniels talks about all the time. He says it's not the play calling's fault in the red zone. What's really going on is uh, all the issues that they have as far as shooting themselves in the foot, penalties, right, uh, negative plays, uh, chances that they have that they don't take. There's too many times that, you know, he's been able to say it's the execution's problem. It's the, it's the penalties problem. So, okay, cool. Get in the red zone. Really, this is, I mean, for the whole, the whole time they're out there offensively, this is not a team that's really good at playing behind the sticks, but it's in particular when they're in the red zone. Right. I mean, a team that's only averaging 16 points per game, that's not going to win anything. 
you're not going to win any games. Get only average of 16 points per game. You're just not. So they've got to find a way to get over 20. They've got to score multiple times in the red zone. And the best way to do that is stay ahead of the chains. They just can't afford for stupid penalties, holding penalties, offensive pass interference, right? False starts, uh, you know, and then just playing throwaways or, or bad negative plays, right? You know, Josh Jacobs run for negative yards. They just, it's got, they've got to be able to stay ahead of the chains against this team. Again, the Lions are a very physical team, and they're going to want to put that physicality on the silver and black, especially at home, Ford Field. It's homecoming night. Plenty of uh, Lion greats are going to be returning to Detroit, so they're going to be amped up. They're going to be lathered up, and uh, they're going to be ready to get after the Raiders. And overall, coaching. The coaching needs to stay aggressive, right? The Raiders have actually done really good on fourth downs so far this season. They're eight for nine. So they've been doing really good there. But the coaching needs to be just aggressive. You know, take some shots down the field, uh, you know, on, on, on some – opportunities maybe that you would kick a field goal go for the touchdown right show your offense that you believe in them show your team that you believe in them right take a few chances I'm okay with that right if you and if Josh McDaniels calls up a few plays that may be a little risky taking a few chances and it doesn't work out I can I can live with that I really can because at least I know that there's being maximum effort to try to to try to win this game as opposed to you know, being down eight and kicking a kicking a field goal and then you're only down five. Like that, you know, I mean, like just just show confidence in your team that they, you believe that they can go get it done. And, uh, you know, and then and then also the Raiders got to weather the storm. Remember, the Lions are coming off a bad loss to Baltimore. I mean, they got whooped, right? They're coming back home. Their crowd's going to be fired up. It's going to be an early, early storm that's going to hit them. They've got to weather that and they've got to start off fast. Right. I mean, that's the thing. Weather the storm and start off, especially offensively fast. Got to get into the end zone. They've done a pretty good job in the first quarter, but they just have always had problems sustaining it. But they've got to do that again and probably more than ever since it is Monday night football, since they are going to be all lathered up, ready to go. They've got to be able to sustain that. So uh, that's what I got for you. Those are keys to victory. Uh, Again, I picked the Raiders to lose this game. I'm okay with being wrong. Matter of fact, I hope I'm wrong. I hope tomorrow we're talking about the fact that I was absolutely wrong and the Raiders went in there and, you know, won the game. And now they're sitting there at four and four and they still have an opportunity with a, you know, a a tough Giants team coming to town, followed by a tough Jets team coming to town, followed by a a trip to Miami, followed by, you know, a game against Kansas City. Like they've got a tough stretch right here. So it'd be great to be able to go into Detroit, go into the belly of the beast and get a victory on Monday Night Football. That's all I got for you for segment number two, Keys to Victory. What's on your mind? Segment number three, your calls and texts. Draft that Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. We'll get to that right after I tell you about DoorDash. And I'll tell you, man, there's times when DoorDash is a must, right? Even sitting around on Sunday watching football since there was no Raider game, it's like, man, want to have some friends over, want to uh, you know, get some food and some drinks, but what do we do? I really don't want to go to the store. I don't want to go pick something up. I'm kind of being lazy because it's like a day off you know what, let's DoorDash some food to the house. So uh, DoorDash came in clutch on Sunday, was able to bring some pizza rock to the house and, you know, got some really good food and and had some friends over watching the other football games that were on. And so, you know, DoorDash comes in handy. Now, I don't use DoorDash. The wife does, right? Because I'm just... I'm just not that dude, but the wife does it and it's great. But if you haven't used DoorDash and you want to use DoorDash, well, you can get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply. And that's the beauty of it. Like if you're like me and just, and really I just don't use it because I don't want to say I don't know how to do it. I'm just not good at it. (laughs) So I just really haven't even attempted. So the wife always bails me out and does it. But you know, if you don't want to be like me, again, you could just download the DoorDash app up 
app right now, you'll get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. Again, don't forget, use the promo code LOCK23 for 50% off up to $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. Get all the food you want. Get game ready. Maybe you're going to do it for Monday Night Football. You need uh, you know, all the snacks at the house. DoorDash will make that happen for you. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts. You have that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with Raider down under. He's calling to talk about the lack of a run game and also addresses the line of scrimmage, both offensively and defensively. Here he is, Raider down under. Hey, Q. It's Raider down under. I just want to talk about this. Um... Uh, situation here with Josh Jacobs not getting any yardage. I don't really put it on Josh at all. Um, that offensive line is constantly letting people go through. Josh uh, constantly seems to be having dodge, to dodge people in the uh, backfield. You know, guys there getting their yard too deep. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really hard to make yards that way. Um, the other factor is, of course, the QBs unable to throw the ball effectively over 20 yards. Um, as you've spoken about them many times, stack the box um, and basically are making us try to beat them through the air, which we can't. Um, and the other, uh, the other thing uh, I have an issue with is both the offensive and defensive line play. Uh, we cannot win if we don't control the line of scrimmage, and we just haven't been able to this year. Um, our defensive tackles don't seem to be doing a whole lot. Um, and we've already gone over the offensive line and, and how they're basically having a hard time. Um, and saying that, I don't think McDaniels needs to get fired at this stage. I think uh, stability is more important than um, the season. I think the season's a wash anyways, um, but we need to let this new team have time to implement their vision um, and – and move on from there. Uh, if we don't have stability, uh, it's going to be hard to get other qualified coaching, uh, you know, uh, potential coaches down the line, um, which we will need um, if, if McDaniels and Ziegler don't work out. You know, we're not going to get the top talent for moving on from somebody, you know, a year and a half, two years every time. Um, it's just, you know, the, the top talent won't want that. They'll go to someone else. So that's all I have for you. Enjoy your podcast. Thanks, mate. Talk to you later. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And when it comes to Josh Jacobs, man, you're right. You know, the O-line um, is not giving him any chance. He's dancing as soon as he gets the ball. He's literally four yards back in the backfield, and he's already trying to avoid a tackle. Right. I mean, that's got to be frustrating. I know it's frustrating to him. He's a talented dude, uh, you know, and they, they just got to try. Like I said, in segment number two, they've got to try to get him going. Uh, and the fact that they're not throwing the ball down the field, that just makes things that much more difficult as well. Uh, you know, there's Lincoln Kennedy has told me many times that he's talked to defensive coordinators around the league that said, we're not worried about the Raiders offense. We're not ra- worried about them throwing the ball down the field because they're not doing it. You know, so we can load up the box and feel comfortable trying to stop Josh Jacobs and and, the, and live with the short passes that Jimmy G or Aiden O'Connell or Brian Hoyer, whatever the case may be, whoever's under center is going to do. So they've got to take some shots. That's, you know, while I was talking about be aggressive, they got to take some shots uh, or, or they're not really going to have an opportunity to get Josh Jacobs going like you mentioned. So thanks for that call. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a text from Rob in Vegas. It says, hey, Q. 
It's Rob from Vegas, first-time caller or texter. I love the Raiders with everything I have, and, man, these last two years has been such a huge letdown. I heard a caller uh, earlier say how this team isn't fun to watch anymore, and I agree. It's just not fun anymore. We have too many stars to go down like this. I don't know how they write this ship, but so many steps backwards, but I know the nation is feeling the same. Thanks for hearing me out. That's Rob in Vegas. And, yeah, that's the thing about it, especially offensively for me. It, it, it blows my mind that this team is not good offensively. Uh, I said a thousand times during the offseason, during the preseason, during training camp, that the offense was going to be fine. It was the defense that I was concerned about. And, man, the offense just is anemic, right? Again, scoring 16 points a game is nothing. You're not going to win anything that way. Uh, it's just it's, – it's really unfortunate because the defense has given them some opportunities. Now, last Sunday, uh, there was no fun anywhere. That game was just bad. That was a terrible performance. Nobody liked the way that it looked. Uh, nobody liked the way that, uh, you know, that, that people performed and, you know, the effort, everything. It was just all bad. So, uh, yeah, there, there could become a time when these games aren't fun anymore uh, because the team, just with a lot of talent, like you mentioned, isn't out there going out there and operating and, and, and executing the way that they should. It's just it's, it's kind of embarrassing. But there's that. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens tonight. I'll be locked in. I know Raider Nation will be locked in to see uh, this game. I'm excited about what it looks like want to see what the outcome is. So thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Uh, up next, got a call from Raider Con Man in Frisco. He's calling to talk about the Hunter Renfro situation and has a couple games that he wants to specifically talk about. Here he is, Raider Con Man. What's up, Q? Raider Con Man here, checking in from Frisco, Texas. Um, yeah, Cowboys country. I'm sick of these fans here. Sick of it. But uh, the Hunter Renfro thing is what I'm calling about. Um, I love third and Renfro, but... Uh, I'm curious on your thoughts on this, and I've been thinking about what went wrong with the new regime and with Hunter. Um, you remember last year in Kansas City, that game that we blow, uh, or blew, uh, classic for McDaniels, but um, when Hunter and Devontae ran into each other at the end of the game, which if you think about it, that's a disgrace that that even happened. But Devontae was hot, and I think a part of it was because of Hunter. Um, do you think McDaniels was done with him with Renfro after that happened? I mean, the fumble, too, against the Cardinals in week two, that was tough. But um, then running into Devontae maybe was just bad taste in his mouth, and he just didn't um, didn't change on his thoughts. I don't know. But uh, curious on your thoughts on that. Love the show. Raider Nation. Raider comment out. Raider comment. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you. And- I don't think it's any specific game that they soured on Hunter. I really don't. I just think that it's uh, a collective of different styles. Uh, You know, the way that he gets open, the way that he runs routes is not just necessarily the way that they want him to run routes. They want him to be out there. Uh, I think that the way that he runs routes also also takes time to get open, and that's not how this offense is is supposed to go. Uh, Josh McDaniels was asked about, Hunter Renfro in the situation on, on Saturday, as a matter of fact, Vinny asked him because uh, they were there. You know, the reports are out there from Jordan Schultz that that the team is has, uh, you know, soured on him and that the, the relationship is fractured. And uh, he basically said that that was not true. Matter of fact, here's here is that question from Vinny Bonsignor and the response from uh, Josh McDaniels about the relationship with Hunter Renfro. Josh, um, Hunter Renfro's uh, <clears throat> role and usage has kind of diminished over the last uh, couple of years. Going from 100 catches um, in 2021 to you know what's kind of happening right now—is there a reason for you know um, how things have gone for for him? I think there's a lot of things that have happened over two years too. I mean, last year I think a biggest part of it was health and you know just being able to you know do the things that he was able to do the year before. Um, 
I, I think this year, you know, uh, we've talked about this a lot. You know, we got to do a better job of doing some things to try to, you know, find ways to to have him integrated into the into the the scheme. And um, again, I think some of it is circumstantial. Honestly, um, some of it is, you know, we maybe miss an opportunity and. Um, some of it is you try to you know focus more on it and do it more. So I think there's a lot of things that can help improve that. He's obviously a guy that can help us produce, and he has in the past, and um, one of many that we would like to try to get more involved doing things that you know they're right down his alley, and, and his skill set can really be productive for us. So um, you know we'll see if we can you know turn a corner on on that. There's other guys I'd say are in the same boat, but. Uh, just offensively in general, produce, produce, produce from each position. You know, every guy as much as we can. And uh, again, there's one ball, but you know, we got to start finding you know a bunch of different guys here to help them. Um, you know, get into the flow of the game and help our offense pre- be be more productive. <clears throat> we live in a time where people like to throw stuff out there, um, and there's you know, oh, well, maybe the relationship. Really? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but we do, and, and yep. so there's always something that's coming out. Um, and, and one of the one of uh, the narratives has been, you know, that the relationship has been fractured um, between with you and him, and you know, I just wanted to for yeah just to get that out there. Is that what is the no? That's not well. First of all, I, I don't know. I've never heard that, um, but you know, that's certainly not the case. Um, you know, and I think Hunter's a great a great guy. I think Hunter's had a a really productive uh, career so far, and. Um, again, I think part of this is, you know, I, I need to focus on the things I can do to help, you know, that, you know, continue to improve, um, you know, and we have other players too, you know what I mean? And those guys, you know, come along and do some things too. And, um, you know, that's the nature of when you have skilled players that, you know, they all want the ball and they all can do things to get the ball. And um, sometimes decisions, whether it's personnel groupings or scheme or what have you, um, that can affect that, obviously, you know. So the bottom line is Hunter's a, uh, still a really good football player and, and needs to be a part of our plan to help us win, and um, and I need to do everything I can do to help ourselves do that. So there you go. That's what Vinny asked, and that's Josh McDaniel's answer on Hunter Renfro and the fact that, you know, he's just obviously not being used. It's just the, the strangest thing to me about this whole situation is not that the player doesn't fit with what they're doing. It's just the fact that they gave him a contract extension and then the player doesn't fit. Right. That's that's the biggest thing. But then again, we all know there was a contract extension for Darren Waller. There was a somewhat contract extension for Derek Carr. And none of those guys are with the team anymore. And Hunter Renfro, I'd be shocked if he's with the team uh, after Tuesday. But we'll see. Right. I mean, his his contract, the money on his contract is what's really holding up any kind of a trade. Uh, the value that that he has right now is about four more million dollars that uh, they've got to pay him. And so I don't think teams around the league want to do that. But again, it kind of is what it is. So thanks so much for that uh, that call. I appreciate you. Uh, up next is a text from Gonzo Raider from the 505. It says, thank you, Gonzo Raider from the 505. Wanted to comment on some of the messages you received uh, late last week on the podcast. I totally agree. We, the niche nation, need to stay loyal and show support to the team. The players have no control on coaching or coaching schemes, but we can still show them the players the support, the support despite feelings or opinions on coaching. All this talk of throwing the season, boycotting, not going to games because they're mad at McDan- or, uh, they're mad at MD and Josh McDaniels is a sad excuse. It's Raiders all day, every day. I'll always be loyal to the team. I've supported them for over 40 years. Okay, the Bears game happened any given Sunday. No matter what happened, they need a short memory and focus on primetime showdown with the Lions. Let's go get this win, Nation. Stay optimistic for the W. That's Gonzo Raider. And, yeah, I mean, that's just frustration. You know, Raider Nation is going to be frustrated. I'm going to get frustrated. Everyone's going to get frustrated. Losing sucks. 
Let's just be honest about it. Losing sucks. Winning's great, right? So when you're losing, you know, you get frustrated. And please believe I get a lot of the frustration. People, you know, hit me with a lot of the frustration, and I get it. It's Raider Nation's frustrated. Uh, you know, I think a lot of times their, their uh, energy is channeled in the wrong direction, but I get it. I totally get it. So, you know, it, it, you just – you want to see a winning product. It's been far too long since the Raiders have consistently been winners. So I totally understand the fr- frustration. But, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, Raider Nation is going to be supporting their team, whether they want to admit it or not. They will. They'll be sitting in front of the TV. They'll be at the game. They'll be at the bar, whatever the case may be. Uh, you know, they'll be cheering on their team. And let someone talk bad about the Raiders. They'll be ready to, uh, you know, to have their back and, uh, you know, defend them. So that's just kind of what it is all the time. So thanks so much for that text. We'll close out with a call from Vader Raider in the 303. He's calling to talk about a story that Hondo Carpenter put out there late last week and wants to know the validity of it. Here he is, Vader Raider in the 303. Q, Raider Nation. It's your boy, Vader Raider. Q, I kind of, first of all, Q, um, thank you for everything that you've done and uh, all that you will do. And uh, good job on uh, on all your, your, your questions and your interviewing. And uh, it's just really top-notch and very professional. You're doing a great job there trying to find out what's going on behind the scenes with the silver and black. Um, wanted to get your opinion on this Hondo Carpenter tweet that came out the other day, and it was a story that he linked, um, and this story basically was an insider claiming to be an insider, and of course, you know, as you know as well as I, if, 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 if it's not like Vic or you or Vinny or Tashawn or any, any of the Vegas sports writers, I don't really take any stock in it. But this one caught my eye because Hondo put a link to it. And basically, uh, the link is to a situation that occurred last year where the Raiders thought that they had Tom Brady, lock, stock, and barrel. And then things happened in his life. And by then, you know, the relationship between them and Derek was fractured. But apparently, the plan was not to let Derek Carr go. The plan was to keep Derek Carr, which, you know. And 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 then there's another option out there, apparently, that Hondo is not really going to talk about, but he knows what the option was. So I just kind of wanted to get your opinion and see what you thought if, you know, this is true or is there any validity to it. Maybe you could do some research on it and maybe we could find out if indeed – I mean – it's too late now because Jimmy wasn't option A. Jimmy was like the third or fourth option. So I don't know. Um, yeah, anyway, um, Raider Nation, I hope you have a great week and uh, see you soon. Raider Raider, out. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And yeah, Hondo's someone I know really well. He works here in Las Vegas. He's, uh, you know, from SI.com. And look, I'm not an insider. I never claimed to be an insider. I'm not trying to be an insider. Vinny, Vic. Tashawn, Paul Gutierrez, those guys are all insiders for sure, right? And and, and Hondo has, you know, he, he's, I guess he's a guy that's an insider as well. I, I don't, I mean, he claims to be an insider. I don't know. I don't know who Hondo talks to. I know he's really good friends with Brian Hoyer, so maybe that's who he talks to. And as far as the whole quarterback thing, one, I think that that's such an old conversation. I don't even know why he brought it up, but he did. Um, and I, I know it's gotten a lot of traction. So, you know, there's probably some validity to it. Again, I don't know 
Hondo, as far as the people that he talks to, I know him. I don't know who he talks to inside the organization, and that's why he's, you know, an insider, and, and that's just what it is. Like, I have a good idea who Vinny talks to. I know who Vic and them talk to and all that, but outside of, you know, those guys, I don't know who Hondo talks to. But um, the whole Brady thing, I don't think, and Josh Jacobs, and I'll actually let you hear the soundbite. This is going back to the Pro Bowl, February 4th, 2023. It was Pro Bowl practice, Pro Bowl practice. And we talked to Josh Jacobs, and he said that there was three quarterbacks that the Raiders were looking at. And Tom Brady, he said he felt was a contingency plan. So I'll let you hear what Josh Jacobs had to say. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but this is going back to February 4th. Uh, he's asked about if you know they could win with the Raiders. He thinks he could win with the Raiders. They could put a winning team together, and it leads to the quarterback question. So here it is. I think that we got a great opportunity, too. Uh, like, I, like I've been saying all last year, I feel like, you know, we was always so close. Um, so that really just come with them getting the right people in there, you know what I'm saying, the right guys, you know, getting some more guys on defense, uh, you know, getting some more guys up front, like things like that. Uh, obviously now uh, the quarterback situation, I think that play a big part of, of what I want to do too, like if, if I come back or not, you know what I'm saying? So it just depends. Do, do you want, I mean, you haven't talked to them, but do you want to talk to them like who they're going to try to get a quarterback? Oh, no. Yeah, we we, <laughs> we we talked we talked about that like kind of like towards the end of the season. Um, so I kind of know where their head is at. You know, I'm not gonna speak on who they. I'm not gonna speak. On, I'm not gonna speak on where they leaning to. But I know I know they they the three that they looking at. So we'll see. One's already tired though. <laughs> I don't know nothing about nothing. <laughs> I feel like that was a contingency plan. You feel me? So that's Josh Jacobs, right? I'll take what Josh Jacobs has to say about the quarterback situation over anybody, over any insider, over anybody, right? A guy that's inside the organization, a guy that's talking to the front office, talking to Dave Ziegler, talking to Champ Kelly, talking to Josh Daniels about plans. He felt Tom Brady was a contingency plan. I mean, again, none of it matters. That's why I don't really know why Hondo brought it up, but he did. So, okay, cool. Um, it's all over and done with. Once Derek got sat down, they weren't bringing him back. It was not a it was not a chance that he was going to come back. Uh, he wouldn't have came back just based off that, right? They weren't going to sit him down behind Tom Brady or any of the other, other stuff. So, I mean, I guess it is what it is. But um, you know, there you go. <laughs> I don't I don't really know how to answer it because I'm not in, inside Hondo's head and I don't know who he's talking to, so I can't really specifically break down and and answer something for someone else. That's probably something you probably need to tweet at Hondo and he could probably give you a better answer um at, at the best so that's that's really all i got for you but that's all i got for the show as well uh, monday night football it's going down primetime action raiders and lions motor city it's going to be a hell of a game right it's exciting uh two storied franchises right taking it back to the old days you know good stuff right there so i'm looking forward to it that's for sure and i'm hoping that the raiders come out with a lot more energy and excitement and uh you know effort than they did against the bears and possibly come out with that w man hopefully we're talking about a w tomorrow we'll see what it is but uh enjoy the game raider nation and we'll talk again tomorrow here on the locked on raiders podcast until then as always take care of yourself take care of your family uh, love on your family most importantly as always just win baby <laughs>